This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Welcome back in. You were listening to the December 7th, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. And we are brought to you by the fine folks over at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. And joining me today on the show is a fellow that's all over the weekly FF grid, as they say. He's a host over at FFB 24-7, part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network. He writes over at the Quant Edge. He's at Gridiron Experts, he's at Roto Underworld, and he's also over at Fantasy Pros. Did I miss anything for crying out loud? Welcome to the show, my man Derek Brown. That's at dbro underscore ffb on the tweets. Derek, my man, what's good? <laughs> Look, I, it, you know, the season's been flying by. I can't believe we're already at week 14. So I feel like uh, it's we're going to snap our fingers and it's over. We're all just kind of left with our heads spinning. So, yeah, I'm busy weekly, man, but it's it's definitely uh, it's flown by. It certainly has. I mean, every single time we get to December, not just for fantasy football, I'm going, where the hell did the year go? I can't believe 2018 is already over. Week 14, the regular season's in the books. And, uh, you know, now we're in the fantasy playoffs here. You know, we've got some interesting DFS, you know, because of injuries, just value pops up all over the place. And, of course, people are fighting for the fantasy, the high livelihood right now. So hopefully we're going to be able to help everyone answer all those questions for the week, whether it's uh, Dynasty Trades, Team Outlooks, DFS Slants, Rants, you name it. Derek, before we dive right in, though, it's week 14, as mentioned, and anyone alive and out there not already forming playoff fantasy leagues has likely gotten to be uh, uh, to the big game, if you will, with a couple bumps and bruises along the way. So I'm going to give you a few of these names that we're looking at this week, and you know, let me know. Let RV Nation, no. Are you willing to make a championship run with any of the uh, to-be-named fellas here? So here we go. We've got Jeffrey Wilson coming out of nowhere. I love him. And anybody that follows me on Twitter, I was on this dude at, right after the Tampa Bay game. Uh, we've seen Brita cannot stay healthy. I love him this week. I mean, he's going to have at least a five-touch floor, and he's going to play all three downs. You saw nine targets last week, so... I'm going to start him pretty much, and that's crazy. Like, at the beginning of the season, <laughs> anybody's going to say, who the hell is Jeffrey Wilson? Well, I had to go look it up myself, but he's a, he's a must-start for me. There it is. Buffalo dudes, Josh Allen and Zay Jones. Can we get behind all these targets Zay Jones has seen over the course of the last four weeks now? Oh, uh, <laughs> everybody just uh, – you, you, you grit and bear it at this point of the season. 
If you're uh, an Emmanuel Sanders owner, yeah, I think you could be rolling out Zay Jones this week. I mean, last time that these two teams played, eight targets, 93 yards, and a touchdown. So I like his chances in this one. Uh, if you're rolling him out, it's probably not more than a wide receiver three. Josh Allen, if you need the upside, mm-hmm. I don't hate it. In playoffs, if you're just going up against that number one seed, the juggernaut in your your uh, league, and you're like, look, I need a guy that could possibly win me my week, that could be Josh Allen, man. I actually think Josh Allen is everything that people are hoping to get out of Lamar Jackson in a different person. Like, that's the way I view Josh Allen. Everything that people say, it's all great about Lamar Jackson. That's what Josh Allen has been doing on a weekly basis. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned the ceiling. The floor is there too, right? Because you can pretty much bank, I'd say, a projectable number at this point is at least 80 rushing yards, you know, 125 to 150 passing yards. You're looking at 16 fantasy points right there. And then anything in addition to that, any touchdown sniffing is is just gravy at that point. So I'm with you there as well. Uh, what about Curtis Samuel here? We got Greg Olson gone now, and the targets are coming back around. So is he somebody you're looking to to snag up here? Yeah. So I, I like Samuel. What I'm kind of a little bit worried about is Cam's shoulder. I, I more and more's come out about it, and everybody kind of looks at Samuel as like the dump off option. I mean, the dude. He said he was second in air yards of it last week and uh, first in uh, ADOT. And so I don't know if you're looking at the short option for the Panthers. I don't think it's that guy. I do like the involvement, though. I mean, he's playing starter snaps the last two weeks. So I'll, I'll be rolling him out there, especially in DFS. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to be a nice pivot with the uh, inflated as the week progresses. Cortland Sutton, uh, of course, with the Emmanuel Sanders news. So I like that play as well. What about Jeff Driscoll? We talked about Josh Allen. We talked a little bit about Lamar Jackson and that kind of mold of quarterback. Jeff Driscoll hasn't been running what like what we thought might happen there. So, I mean, you know, if you're in a deep maybe FFPC league and you just need to turn somewhere, right? Like, can you turn to Driscoll? I you don't like it. You just kind of close your eyes, and I, I don't think he's going to kill you. But I don't. I don't really see much upside, if at all, there. I don't want any part of him, honestly. Like I've I've heard the talk, and you got no green. You got Boyd, who's going to face one of the top five, ten cornerbacks uh, in the slot, and Desmond King. I don't. I think the Bengals are going to have a hard time moving the ball. I don't want any part of Jeff Driscoll, much less like you're talking about Bosa's back. It's it's going to be rough sledding for him. Yeah, yeah, it is indeed. And then, of course, you mentioned with the Sanders uh, injury there, Matt Lacoste just completely threw up a stinker with the target last week here. Can we go back to him this week in a pinch now that Sanders is gone? I mean, you know, Cortland Sutton elevated to the, the de facto wide receiver one. Deshaun Hamilton's now going to be in the mix. Does anything go back to Matt Lacoste's favor? So, you know, I, I don't know. Like, even for DFS, I mean, they, look, everybody wants to pay off at tight end this week, but the the build I'm looking at now, like, I might be going back to a Matt Lacoste or even Ian Thomas here, and it's pretty scary, but, I mean, it's also just slate context at its finest. So what say you? I don't want any part of Matt Lacoste. I just, you can't project it on a weekly basis. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. everybody thought last week. I mean, if you're going the punt route uh, on DFS-wise or you're looking for that, that person that's out there in the waivers, like you've got, you know, just the the crap of, of the tight end position. If you're looking for somebody with upside, the two names I would kind of steer towards instead of Lacoste would be Mark Andrews and Dan Arnold. Both have good matchups. Andrews has been seeing the air yards. 
as well as Arnold, who has been featured in the red zone, as a great matchup against the Buccaneers. Those are two uh, that I would go way over Lacoste. I definitely like the Mark Andrews call there. Seems to be zeroing in as the one read that Lamar Jackson does indeed make. I like that there. Now, Jalen Samuels here was going to be all the mega chalk until Jeffrey Wilson also kind of came about here. And, of course, we got the news that broke that Stephen Ridley's going to get some series and be involved as well. Uh, you know, that's news that came from Jalen Samuels as well, right? So, so mindful of that. And it looks like Jeffrey Wilson is going to have a little bit more projectable workload here. I'm still personally on this one, Derek. I'm struggling because I'm only going to play one of these guys down here, at least in cash, right? And I think you can you can depend, like, lock and load any one of these guys in season long for your championships. Like, go ahead and insert them in your lineup 100%. But if you had to pick and choose, it sounds like you're on Wilson's side. I just think there might be a little bit more touchdown equity uh, in favor of Jalen Samuels. So with the touchdown equity, I agree. Uh, I usually kind of lean towards the volume because we all know volume is, I mean, that's the lifeblood of fantasy. So mm -hmm. I'll lean Wilson with this because of the volume aspect of it. And if he gets in the end zone plus the volume, then he's going to trump Samuels on the week. I like Samuels, but I don't know how much that buy of all the Ridley crap because Ridley is garbage. He's absolutely <laughs> terrible. I just... I'm look, the best way I think people should kind of view Jalen Samuels this week is probably, uh, probably a lesser version of James White. That's the way I, I think he's probably due for about 14, 15 touches, half on the ground, half through the air, like about eight and eight or, or six and eight. Uh, and that's the kind of the way that I'm looking at Jalen Samuels. So yeah, if he gets in the end zone, he could be a low end RB1, high end two on the week, but I definitely think that the, the floor is there, but it's not going to be in the early downs. That's a hot comparison. I really do love that. Here at RV, we are all about the arbitrage plays, and yes, Jalen Samuels is 100% in arbitrage, James White at this point. I really like that take there. All right, Derek, in addition to the above guys that we mentioned here, is there anyone that rode somebody to the playoffs that they ought to think twice about starting, and conversely, Who's been stinking up the storm that's going to turn it around this week? So a few must-sits for me has got to be Spencer Ware. The Ravens' run defense is absolutely just elite. They're awesome. And with Ware, you have volume concerns. Plus, the Chiefs, they're going to be moving the ball. I, I think the pace in this game is going to force the Chiefs to uh, take to the air to pick up chunk plays and stay ahead in this one. Um, also, Cameron Brait, sending him all day. Saints have an elite defense versus tight ends. I mean, hell, if you can shut down Zach Ertz, uh, Brait's not a problem at all. So, uh, Tevin Coleman's another guy that I think you should be firmly sitting by now if you're not already doing it. Uh, as far as guys that have been stinking it up that I think uh, play well, I think Jarvis Landry stacks another good game this week. The slot corner for the Panthers is god-awful. And we've seen him being taken advantage of. I mean, Adam Humphreys had two good games versus him, as well as other slot receivers. The other guy that, and maybe this is a lot of the Browns love, Njoku I think is going to have another good game this week. I know we didn't see it despite a great matchup versus the Texans. But now he's in an even better matchup versus the Panthers, who are at the bottom of the league and fantasy points have given up, plus DVOA versus the tight end. The other guy... That I gotta sneak in here, and people are probably starting him anyway, but I'm gonna tell you to feel a little bit better about it, and that's Gronk. Gronk is, it, you've gotta be playing him this week. 
The Dolphins Ooh. have been absolutely atrocious versus tight ends. I mean, in most of their weeks, they're giving up multiple touchdowns to the tight end position. So I don't think the yardage will be there for Gronk, but I definitely think that he could be in store for a two-touchdown game and around 40, 50 yards in this one. That is the dude. That is the one dude. And I didn't even play 5.1K Gronk when he did score. But for whatever reason, with the Miami up, you're right. I mean, now I think he's, what, 4.8K or something? And I'm just mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at that all day long. If I am going to kind of come down off the build I'm looking at to go up to a tight end, it's going to be Gronk smash this week. So, Everyone, just just fantastic drops there, fantastic data. So everyone be sure to get over there to the Twitter to the Twitter, and make sure you're following Derek. And uh, get over there to the site here. It is not too late to get a 30% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass. And it's not like the year is almost over, so you shouldn't sign up. The year has just begun because we're 24-7, 365, baby. And you better believe we're going to be just pumping the offseason rookie reports and prospect reports and everything coming that you need in the offseason. So get over there to rotaviz.com slash podcast. And that subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content. And you can support this pod. Just do it. Subscribe to it. Rate it. Review it. Rotovis channel on iTunes. The main feed is back up and running. It is good to go, folks. So if you have been uh, individually subscribing to each show so you can get it directly, you can still do that. Make sure you're doing that. But you can also go back to the consolidated main Rotovis radio feed, and everything is back up and running and gravy, baby. So get on over there. And last but not least, we've got our Patreon up and running for just 5 bucks a month. That gives you unlimited access to on top of the 10 shows per week that we're already getting. You. We're also going to give you the Sunday morning show to help you set your lineups, whether it's redraft, DFS, season-long dynasty. It doesn't matter. We're going to be there for you. That's just $5 a month. So get over there, patreon.com slash Radio. And if you have any questions you want answered on this show from the likes of myself and Derek and whatnot, just email us, wordofhisradio and gmail.com. We're here for you. All right, Derek, let's uh, dive in, fire up the QQs for the week. Here we go, redraft PPR. Playoff time, lots of questions this week. Jared Goff or Russell Wilson, Chicago or the Rams? Uh, Looks like Buffalo is also on the list, but it looks like uh, he scratched that off later on. So uh, Goff or Wilson, Bears or Rams? So the quarterbacks, I'm going to lean Jared Goff in this one, and it's nobody can stop the Rams. And you've seen Jared Goff versus upper-tier defenses, just perform up. I mean, he ripped up the Vikings for 465, five touchdowns, ripped up the Chargers for 354 and three, and Seattle last time they played over 300 yards and two touchdowns. I think his floor and ceiling is immensely higher than Russell Wilson. As far as the defenses, ah, oh, man, I, I was going to say, I, I love the Bills this week. <laughs> the uh, Sam Darnold back under center? I mean, that, dude, that, that's at least a lock for like four sacks, two interceptions dude, all day. Yeah. Yep. I mean, at the at the very basement of it. But as far as if you're picking between the Bears and uh, what was it, the uh, the Rams, yes, I I'm probably going to go with the Rams. I, I because I like I said, I don't think there's a way that the golf gets held down or you're going to stop Todd Gurley. So with um with Trubisky back, his health is still kind of up in the air. I know they're talking about him well. But you can still, with Aqib Tlaib coming back for that defense, I still believe in Aaron Donald. I believe in that defense a little bit more considering the matchup. 
Yeah, I'm with you there across the board. Man, I do like Wilson in in that, you know, we've seen some of the 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 passing percentages increase now. I think there's a little bit more upside where we've seen kind of the Rams try to slow play it a little bit more as of late. I don't know if that's projectable again. So, yeah, I'd still just kind of lean with the high-octane offense there in the fantasy playoffs. So with you there as well. Uh, Redraft PPR, can you break down what you uh, what you expect to play out in Carolina this week on the Panther side of the ball with Greg Olson out and Funches potentially on limited snaps again? So you had kind of talked about, you know, you're okay with Curtis Samuel as a, a wide receiver flex type dj moore is still in the mix here um you know we any anything projectable from ian thomas he caught a few passes last week so what do you think is going to play out here as cam works through whatever the shoulder injury is so i think that this is going to be a lot of short passes i think this is going to be a lot of cam and a lot of mccaffrey i think that they get in the red zone and i think it's just them too uh i i really don't want any part of ian thomas i know that you know, it, draft season, I do a lot of dynasty. The name is there, and the, and you hope the role is there. But even when Olsen was out earlier in the season, we really didn't see it. He was barely featured in the red zone. Funches has just been middling blah, at best. And I really think that if Cam is going to uncork it, I think you have a lot of yards after catchability with DJ Moore. So the short routes from Samuels and Moore, I do think that Moore probably leads the team or is right behind McCaffrey and targets, but I definitely think that this is a high McCaffrey and Cam, and with his shoulder issue, I think Cam is going to run in this game. I think he's going to run and and probably get a, uh, at least one rushing touchdown this week. Yeah, I, I think where the injury, it's almost going to just uh, exacerbate the issue that he's going to have to run a little bit more. You know, they, they're basically out of it here, but I think if they're fighting for anything, Cam's going to have to, I don't want to say put it on his shoulders, on an injured shoulder, but I think we're going to see a little bit more of that. So I'm with you there as well. All right, Derek, give us your best and worst purchases you've ever made. Oh, dear gosh. I remember looking <laughs> over this question. I was like, oh, my wife is going to love this answer because probably the best thing we bought in the last few weeks, it's, it's a tie kind of. Um, my wife finally talked me into getting a, a robotic uh, vacuum, so we got a Roomba, and I <laughs> – I absolutely love the damn thing. Uh, it's <laughs> it's it's great. But as far as my personal purchase, probably the six, best $6 I've ever spent in my life is one of those little chargers where I can plug in my headphones and charge my phone at the same time. Uh, the little splitter that you get for an iPhone because mm. I'm, I'm constantly writing. I'm obsessed with music. But the idea that I want to listen to music, but I can't because I need to charge my phone at the same time, it's it's the best six dollars I've ever spent in my life. Yeah. Uh, oh boy, I, I just have to jump in. That 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 vacuum. My wife keeps saying she wants to get it, and <laughs> all you're doing is backing her up. So whose side are you on anyway? But no, we need it. I I think I'm gonna have to make that happen. And that splitter, I definitely need to have. I usually use Bluetooth earbuds, but I've been telling myself I need to stop with all this wireless connectivity. And you know, I just it just probably we all know it's unhealthy. Right, we all know all of this interconnectivity is going to come with a cost that we all don't know what that cost is yet. Like living right underneath a cell phone tower. Do you really want to live right underneath a cell phone tower? Well, we apparently have cell phone towers in everyday households, and I think that's a mistake. So I need to rethink that strategy as well. Just I completely derailed everything here. It's all all for naught. <laughs> uh, as far as the worst purchase I probably ever made, man, I'm. 
I went back and forth on this for forever, and I hate, I'm a t-shirt and jeans guy uh, through and through. I hate spending so much money on freaking clothes. I hate it, <laughs> hate it, hate it. There, there isn't not anything worse than than shopping. I'm not a shopper. I go in. I, I'm efficient. I'm effective. I have a list. I know what I'm getting, and I'm gone. Now, if I'm going for the shopping reason of I'm just trying to get out of the house, like if you, you back me up on this one. Like we're we're both parents. Like, do you ever fight with your significant <laughs> other to actually be the one to go grocery shopping? Because that does happen in this household, and I can't lie. Sometimes there's nothing more enjoyable than pushing a shopping cart with a fancy football pot in my earbuds and there's no screaming kids in the background it's great oh yeah you know you're a parent whenever you look forward to uh two different things shopping trips by yourself and going to the bathroom because guess what uh it, it's a few minutes apiece where you're <laughs> not like hearing the i need i need i need it yeah i'm i'm totally with you fathers are the masters of the 13 minute pisses we will take 13 minute pisses and you know what? I'm just going to say it on the airwaves. Yeah, I go in and sit down. Why? Because it allows me to stay in there for 13 minutes. That's what we're all about. <laughs> TFS, <laughs> even with 13 games on the main slate, it seems even harder to narrow down a cash pool this week. Where are you starting on each of the main positions? So I'm assuming this question came in a little bit more early week as opposed to midweek because now it's like, you know, how do you deviate? from the chalk, right? Because, I mean, you're looking at a lineup build where you're, you're paying up for at least one of these running backs. You're taking one of these value guys. I mean, just go ahead and, and put Cortland Sutton into your lineup as, as a block at the very least right now. And so, yeah, I mean, it, where I'm tending to deviate is because we talked a little bit about most paying up at tight end now because you can – but, I mean, I'm of the mindset here, Derek, that now because of all this value, I just just give me McCaffrey and give me Barkley. I just want those two guys, and then I'll likely – and I know I'll end up on Wilson or Samuel, likely the projectable volume with Wilson. And then, of course, you're putting in Sutton, and then, well, Godwin's still fairly cheap, and then Keenan Allen is going to get all the targets in the world for crying out loud in this new setup. And, I mean, like the, the cash lineup just built itself and let everybody else make mistakes. Yeah, I, so I think a lot for the cash, I, I, I'm starting with, uh, you know, you always start with your player pool, and I love to see how my player pool starts at the beginning of the week, and as injury stuff and things change, how it kind of slowly narrows down. So a lot of the quarterbacks I like, I think the one that I'm kind of gravitating to the most is Andrew Luck, and a lot of people are going to say, what? So I, I think that he's both viable in cash because of price and the floor, as well as GPP because people are going to say, well, he didn't score and he sucked last week, so why in the hell are you going to trust him? The guy had such a high projectable floor, and the last time these two teams met, he went over 400 yards and four touchdowns, as well as you look at the other weapons around him, and it's just set up for success. Houston's terrible against tight ends, and T.Y. Hilton has absolutely owned the Texans. Is Earlier this year, above 100 yards. His entire career, I think uh, six of his 13 games he's played in his career versus the Texans, above 100 yards, and a lot of those are like slate-breaker weeks. So that's probably where I'm going a lot in cash. Uh, the other guy that, yeah, you talked about Cortland Sutton. He is going to be so chalky, and I I don't disagree this week. I mean, he's I told somebody the other day that he's probably a, a Kenny Galladay light. Uh, the, the Broncos 
have to go to one person as of right now. And I think the matchup lends that they can do that and probably still be successful because he's probably not going to see Richard Sherman a whole lot. He's going to see more Witherspoon, and if they throw him in the slot a little bit, Quan Williams and the size advantage on both of those guys is great. So I agree that I'm probably stacking a lot of my lineups with two big running backs. With you going Barkley, I love Zeke this week. He's he's going to smash the Eagles. Their run defense has just fallen off. Wilson's a lock for me. I think I'm probably going to go the uh, the route of paying up at tight end, and if I'm doing so, it's probably going to be Kelsey. And uh, Ebron is probably my short list of tight ends. And Kelsey's probably going to go low on because people are going to see the Ravens. Or they're going to say, I don't want to pay the price for it. So that that's kind of where I'm building. If I'm going contrarian, uh, I do like the uh, Packers and uh, Falcons game a whole lot. I mm-hmm. think that everybody's off of Aaron Rodgers. I think that you could run that, stack that game a whole lot. There's so much contrarian picks between Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Julio didn't do anything last week. And Devontae Adams has been bankable, so you can just throw cheap options around all of them. I'm going to defer with Rodgers as not being popular this week. Only now, I haven't looked at fan, the, the FanDuel stuff, but Aaron Rodgers is now down to 6K. That's the lowest we've seen this guy. And we've got the Green Bay narrative. Mike McCarthy is out of town. There are some out there that think Aaron Rodgers was just doing what he was doing over the course of the last few weeks to get Mike McCarthy out of there. And now you effectively have Joe Philbin, who's really just kind of got to hold the clipboard. I think it's the Aaron Rodgers show here. So, I mean, I think Rodgers is going to be popular. I'm definitely looking at him. I mean, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Winston. I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. I'd love to play Josh Allen this week. I don't necessarily like the the game script and how that's going to flow versus the Jets, but, I mean, definitely at least for turning for Josh Allen. I want to get there and cash. I just, ah, I can't do it. I don't blame him. I I mean, with Josh Allen, it's going to be hard to trust him. He's more of a turning play for me. Mm -hmm. With you there, with you there. All right, moving on here, Derek. If you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose to be? So I, I, I'm going to go a little bit off script. Uh, I would actually choose to be a fishing pier. Um, it's one of my favorite hobbies to do. And I mean, from relaxing, much less like a personal standpoint, it's some of my best memories, like both with my kids and my own dad, man. I, I would love it. Uh, nothing more serene or peaceful for me than that. That is the best contrarian answer we've had all season. And well done, man. Well done. Like, I'm not much of a fisher. I'm not going to lie. I like the fishing pier. I like boating. I was never much of a fisher. I think it was, you know, like, I I used to even enjoy eating catfish and ketchup as a kid. Like, now I just, I can't even eat it. I don't understand it. I, I, I wish I can. Like, it's a delicacy that it just doesn't jive with my taste buds. I try it, like, every six months to redo it, but definitely all the marina memories as a kid growing up, losing that rubber baseball in the river and trying to get it out with that fishing net. I mean, like, how many times have we tried to do that? And if I think to myself now what my parents allowed me to do with the marina, zero chance I would let my kids do what my parents allowed me to do. Like, I don't know. I tell my kids all the time, look, you're going to make mistakes. you got to scrape your knees, get up, and do it again. Um but really, I'm trying to say that to myself because I'm just a nervous freaking body all day long when it comes to my kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely can understand that. I know that 
you try not to hover, but it it's just is what it is, man. It's about being a parent. <laughs> Redraft PPR. Can I really play Zay Jones this week? Aside from the Jacksonville game, he does have 26 targets over the last three weeks of games. It sure seems like Allen has a thing for him. So we talked about this at the beginning of the show. I, I mean, look, who else are they going to pass to? I mean, yeah, Charles Clay is still there, but I I don't mind him. I mean, and you know, even on the DFS sites at 4.2, I most certainly think you can go back there. I'm not going to cash him or anything, but I mean, that's the only challenge I'm having though is because of this recent production. Like, it's not going to sneak up on anybody this week. Like Jay, Josh Allen and Zay Jones, like they're, they're going to be everywhere. I think they're going to be everywhere. I I think that you can play him. Like if you're talking about season long, I mean. I think he's a little bit, a little bit more solid than people realize. I mean, over his last seven games, he's had uh, what four touchdowns, three games above fifty yards. So, I think the floor is a little bit higher. Plus, I talked earlier about what he did in this last matchup. The other guy that I think is very interesting too is Robert Foster. Went above a hundred yards. He's the super deep threat, and we know what Josh Allen likes to do is to mm-hmm. chuck it deep. So, a, a, a super, super cheap. I think he's like 3300 on DraftKings. Uh, tourney play that if he hits and they connect versus what he did in this last matchup, I mean, I think he's eight out of it's like close to 30 yards. It, it, it could be one of those things that everybody's like sitting there like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah, I love that call. That's a good call. Yeah, and just... It's, oh gosh, it feels so gross to say this, but I'm kind of excited to just watch that game to see what we can see from the Buffalo side of the ball. And we never get to see that all year long. So, I mean, I'm taking Buffalo versus the points there. I'll take, uh, you know, take a look at the player props for Zay Jones when they come out. And I mean, if, you know, if it comes out with like, uh, six catches, five catches, I think, you know, that's an over I can take a look at because I mean, if I'm a betting man and I am, well, look, watching football is fun, but it's always more fun when you got action on the games. It's the most entertaining experience when you're doing action. So guys, you've heard me talking about it for weeks now. If you're still on the sidelines, get off the sidelines and get in the game. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, maybe you like playing the numbers on roulette. You can create a big parlay, pick three teams to win. You hit all three. You can win a uh, hundred, turn a hundred dollars into six hundred dollars, and boom. There's so much to bet on now. College basketball is up and running. Football here is coming to a close here for the regular season. NBA is live. NHL, custom props, even esports for crying out loud. Esports, you name it. My bookie is the one bet I know you're going to be happy making all year. I recommend these guys because I trust them, quite frankly. And my bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is bang. And sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. You heard that right. You're getting 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. I mean, seriously, do the math. Nobody does that on these sites anymore. Nobody. But you're getting that promo right here. It's a great way to bank even more money when you're making money. Just be sure to follow my uh, bookie. That is at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and DM, not to mention they've given away more than 10,000 big ones, two handles, as they say, and free money to their followers this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Do not miss out on one of the best weeks uh, to bet on sports. Just log on. Go to my bookie right now and use the promo code ROTOVIZ. That's right, promo code ROTOVIZ. Get 50% deposit bonus with promo code ROTOVIZ. You play, you win, you get paid. 
Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, the moon. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Jumping right back in here. Fuck, Mary kill, Derek. Week 14, struggling offenses in intriguing spots. So, Green Bay, we alluded to the narrative here. Cleveland, and uh, it's just like a season-long narrative. Do, gosh, do not let Mike McCarthy anywhere near the John Dorseys of the world. I will seriously jump off a building. Denver is the other option here because, well, Nobody is alive anymore in Denver. <laughs> Everybody died. Yeah, I think that's that's the easy that's the easy fix. I, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna personally kill off the the Broncos here with the idea that uh, Philip Lindsay is the cockroach, the Twinkie that will live on despite <laughs> dropping the nuke on that. So I, I'm not worried about him, but the rest of that offense is just putrid. And I, I throw in a little bit of shade at Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. We've only seen one game of him doing it, so don't, I don't want to jump too much on the uh, the gravy train on him just yet. As far as uh, the one-night stand, it's got to be the Browns. They're in such a great spot this week. But I don't know if I trust him for the rest of the week, I mean the rest of the season. I love Baker Mayfield. I love Jarvis Landry and Njoku. Their matchups are juicy. Juicy, juicy this week. So I'm more likely to, to, to hit it and quit it with that team. And I'm going to marry long-term with the, the Packers. Aaron Jones, the youth, the talent, if they get a new offensive mind in there, much less this week, I think that this is going to be the, uh, the hate toss of the remote, a.k.a. McCarthy by Rodgers. And in a just – Beautiful matchup because the corners and the entire defense for the Falcons has been just abysmal this year. They're not what we thought. We, I know they got Deion Jones back, but this Packers team just looks like a team that is going to be pissed off, want to put up some points, and show that they're not the laughing stock that their coach tried to make them out to be. So the guy that I think could be really good for the Packers that hasn't begun all season because of the matchup in the slot versus Brian Poole is Randall Cobb. I think that I'll be I'll have him a little bit of exposure in DFS to him. Yeah, I I like uh I agree across the board here. And I mean I'm going to be like cash games, right? Yeah, I'm going to start Cortland Sutton. I'm not happy about it. I'm just going to say that. But I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, they started out the year with Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, and and Jeff Auerman. I guess it was he even the starter at the beginning of the year. All they're all all the dudes are dead. All the dudes are dead or gone, right? No longer in town. And I mean, you could just see this offense. Like the the math says, you got to play Cortland Sutton. The salary says you got to play Cortland Sutton. I get it. They definitely take an under approach in tournaments here with the elevated ownership because the, I mean, the entire offense could just implode with rookie 
pass catchers across the board and, and, and just a pedestrian type of game from Lindsay for a week. So with you all across the board, Derek, if you were given full reign to redesign the food pyramid, what would the, D, uh, the DB FFB food pyramid look like? It would be a three tier system at the top. Uh, you would have meat, more meat and tons of meat. I love to grill. <laughs> I, I, I spent so much time outside by the grill. Uh, then it would have two other layers. You would have your liquids, which is, uh, probably a mix of, uh, I'm a huge Pepsi drinker, Pepsi bourbon and uh hot sauce for all the meat. And at the bottom, I, I love sour candy. And that's all, that's the only things that I need to fuel me for the fantasy season. You give me all that. I'm good. I'm ready to rock on a weekly basis. Oh man. You know what my freaking weakness lately is? It's the sour, sour fruit snacks that came out. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody out there has had these. Like, Sour Patch Kids are great. But, I mean, have you ever had a Sour Patch Kid and a fruit snack and wish they were together in one in unison? They are now. They now make sour fruit snacks, and it's not fair. It's not freaking fair when I'm trying to shed pounds and my keep, kids just keep grabbing for more fruit snacks. Like, what am I going to do, not have one? Of course so. i got to work on this willpower well, thing. That's that's how I feel about it, except for sour jelly beans. They only come out one time a year around Easter, and then they go back in the vault for the rest of the year. So, like, I go to the grocery store, and I'm, like, just grabbing bags. My wife's like, you realize you got ten bags of jelly beans? And I was like, yes, I counted them out. I know exactly how many I have. Oh, man, Easter's all about the mini Cadburys. The mini, mm. the mini Cadburys, oh, my gosh. And now I know most are going to say this is completely egregious and almost sacrilegious, but the white chocolate mini Cadburys, whew, I'm ready for Easter. Oh, man. We're, um, we're on the same page. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we're going to move on here. I am very good at derailing the show this week, apparently. Redraft PPR, start three out of Leonard Fournette, Philip Lindsay, Tariq Cohen, uh, Chris Godwin and Jeffrey Wilson. Oh, I think he's going to win this week. Dude. What about you? I, I definitely I think so too. Gosh. Um, so I, I, Fournette's got to be a lock. The volume is going to be there. I don't care who their quarterback is because quarterback was never great to begin with. So Fournette's a definite lock. Philip Lindsay as bad as I think the matchup could be for this entire offense. You can't sit Lindsay. I, his explosive ability to just break off a 40, 50, 60-yard run at any time is always there. So I'm left with uh, oh, Cohen, Godwin, and Jeffrey Wilson. I, you know what? I know that the upside is there with Cohen. I, I definitely do. Trubisky back this week. Tough defensive matchup. I'm going to lean towards the volume. I'm going to lean towards the definite volume, and I'm going to go Wilson with this one. Is there any chance Albert... Alfred freaking Morris sees any work this week. Like, it didn't happen last week, right? He's been basically a healthy scratch up until this point. But is there any chance, and we're not going to see it coming if it does, but, I mean, like, if you were going to set a percentage that Alfred Morris takes any work away, I just I, the only thing I'm struggling with, and we're, are they going to just give him the feature 96%? Like, I, Kyle Juszczyk is there. I mean, is, is there any chance this is a little bit more committee than we're all thinking? I So, I, I've been wondering the same thing. Now, the, whole, the, the reason that I lean 
No. I do think that, that Morris gets a little bit of work here, but I would say it's probably like 70-30, 75-25. I think Morris does figure in for something, but you don't you don't make a guy a healthy scratch and basically drop him all the way to third <laughs> on the depth chart if you have any ideas that he's going to be relevant, he's going to be used. So a lot of the worries, I just, I'm reading the tea leaves of what the team has done and firmly installing Wilson as the two. Well, then when the one goes out, I think that he's the firm one. So that's why I lean towards it. I'm not that worried about Morris. The other part of this is that you have Breida who can't stay healthy and McKinnon who's out. You have a backfield. This guy's young and he looks like he fits the system. Why would they not want to try to give him some volume, run him down the stretch, and see what you have in this guy? Because McKinnon's contract, they could easily cut him for peanuts over the offseason and, and bring back just Breida and Wilson on cheap deals and let them run run the ball. So I think they're going to give him the volume and, and see what they got in the guy. Good stuff there. Good stuff there. Side note, by the time this show airs, we'll know whether or not Fournette was a good call. I think you still got to play. I'm not too happy about Fournette this week just because I'm not happy about the offense. I'm not happy about that game in general. It's just, you know, you got a 37.5 point total. At least it was when I looked at it last night. You know, who knows? It could be down to 34 by, by now, right? I don't even know. So I'm not too happy about using Fournette. Um, I, I, yeah, you, you still just got to roll there. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Fournette. By the time this airs, uh, Dynasty Outlook with all the rule changes that sure seems like the smallest scat back is a profile we should be highlighting while prospecting. Uh, but these are sub NFL third, fourth, even fourth or even fifth rounders, mind you. Uh, so how do we figure out where they should go in fantasy rookie drafts? So interesting, uh, dilemma and question here submitted. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of this lately, right? The Philip Lindsay's of the world, so to speak. UDFAs that come out and just smash, you know, and, and now, you know, the space invasion, I like to call it in the NFL. Um, you know, granted the dime a dozen Saquons of the world come in and yeah, you smash them in rookie drafts, but it's almost like if you, if you, do early rookie drafts, it's hard to elevate these guys, but if you get the right back, low down the depth chart, but he's in the right system, that's when it's like, you know, I want to start bumping these guys up to the second round where traditionally these probably would have been third round type guys at best. So I, I, I get where the NFL is going. I still think, I don't think that you have to reach for him because if you look at the NFL landscape right now, like you're saying, a lot of these teams, at least currently, have a lot of their backfields kind of figured out for the short and long term in a lot of different places. So I think that you can still get good value on them later in drafts. I'm not something like if a guy comes out, they say he's small, he's got a good athletic profile. I'm not necessarily going to be reaching for him in the second round unless he ends up at a spot where I think the usage is going to be there. So I'm not necessarily going to be elevating them just as a trying to predict where the NFL is going, so to speak. Now, I do think it's going more towards smaller speedbacks and slot wide receivers, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to like level that out in my, my rookie drafts because I think you could just – 
stack your later picks if you have a lot of later picks and go with athletic profiles, go with landing spots, go with talent, and hope that the talent rises to the top. So I don't necessarily know if I'm going to reach for them and, and elevate them. Yeah, you know, and it, I've always been just accumulate as many first-round picks as you can, and I get it, and I think that's still the right play. But, I mean, it's not it, – we all – sit here and say, like, it's that easy for that to always happen. Like, it's not like we're all playing with the neighborhood kids, you know what I mean? Like, everybody mm-hmm. in the information age has skill at this game. So more viable would be the play to just pummel and gather up those third and fourth round picks and just take as many swings as you can. Depends on how deep your bench is, mind you. But, yeah, that that seems like the right play is just – you know, trust your own process and the prospecting model to just hammer away at a bunch of these third-round guys and see what sticks. Because we all know we're going to be wrong and right at the same time, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, just look at the the landscape of the last few years. You had so many guys just come out of the woodwork. And so you, know, you might find a lot of those guys left in the waiver wire even after your rookie draft. So go and scoop them up if you believe in the talent, you believe in the landing spot. And just hope that it pays off, but they're basically free after that, too. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, moving aside, Derek, Shark Tank app idea that doesn't exist today. Like, if you had an app as much uh, that you like as much as that Zumba, like, what would it be? Oh, gosh, this is a hard one. I kept going <laughs> back and forth on it because I was like, I, I have no freaking clue because I, I, I don't know what hasn't already. So I started Googling things and I was like, <laughs> oh, that's an awesome idea. Like, I was like, what about an app that you could look in your kitchen and be like, all right, I don't know what the hell I'm going to make for dinner as a dad. I'm like, uh, wait, that already exists. <laughs> uh, so I, the the only thing that I, I could possibly, and this might already exist as well, is I'm talking fantasy football, talking all kinds of things all the times. So I live my life because I'm huge into movies, huge into TV shows, as just constantly regurgitating movie quotes. I would love an app that not only like in general conversation, I could say you go and quote a movie and then you're like, man, that movie was so awesome. And be like, wait, what movie was that from? And be able to search that, pull up something else, whether it's a GIF or whatever attached to it. And I know people are like, oh, well, that's probably like YouTube, but not necessarily. I mean, movie quotes, I, I, I could basically write you a speech off of movie quotes themselves. Oh, I love that idea. I love it. And not necessarily just about the movie that you just saw. Everything is about gifts right now. And let's be honest, sometimes it gets a little old, despite me being guilty of always posting gifts. But imagine if there was something with the the AI built in and the coding built in that based on the comment or tweet, said tweet that was written, there is an app out there which would give you a list of applicable movie quotes in response along with of course the character's picture if you shall so shall deserve or want that that would be the play that's the app the movie quote response app or something like that i think you've got something there well i I, i've been me and a small amount of people i have been passionately trying to get twitter to just change it i would love to just respond with a damn gif wouldn't that be great you don't have to respond with words, nothing like that. You're just like, all right, here's the response to what you just said. Boop. Yep. Yep. Just one click. 
One click. That's all you need. Built right in there. I'm with you 100%. All right, we've got rapid fire. Week 14, here we go. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey, all the way. I think that, like what we talked about, uh, Cam is going to utilize short passes like crazy this week. With you there as well. Nick Chubb or David Johnson? Chubb, all day. He is a lock for about 20 touches every single week, plus the red zone roll, which we didn't see David Johnson even get that, not with the vulture of Edmonds. So it's all, it's all Chubb for me. Yeah, I'm with you on Chubb. I think Chase Edmonds is a little bit more of uh, not a signal at this point, but also it's it's well past the time to stop chasing David Johnson targets because they're just not there. Chubb's getting them. Go with Chubb. Antonio Brown or Keenan Allen? Antonio. Only because the the Raiders are so god awful, and I think that with Connor out a little bit more, the uh, volume flows back into the pass game. We saw it last week. Antonio is going to eat in this one. Oh, I'm going to go on the Keenan side on this one. I I get it. The matchup screams a b. Uh, you know, we've got these home road splits, and I I don't have much to go on here, Derek, but it does seem like Ben has been alternating Juju and A-B games. So I think this is a Juju game on the road where there do seem to be some Juju splits on the road versus A-B at home. So just give me Keenan in the uh, concentrated offense with all the target volume. I'm not expecting 19 targets again for crying out loud, but I think it's a uh, as, as sure a bet as any. Uh, how about Brandon Cooks or Amari Cooper? It's got to be Amari Cooper for me. I think that the the Eagles' pass defense is their secondary is rolling out second, third string guys on a weekly basis. He's locked in for not only the high target volume, but he's also locked in for the red zone role. If it's not Zeke, it's going to be Prescott running it in, and if it's not one of those two things, it's going to be targets to Amari Cooper. So, I mean, every week, because of his red zone role, he could easily have two touchdowns and not even blink an eye. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Cole Beasley in question there. That's only going to concentrate things further with the Anamari. You mentioned earlier liking Travis Kelsey. Do you like him more than Zach Ertz? I do, because Dallas is going to put the screws to uh, the Eagles this week. I don't think Wentz is going to have time. Ertz didn't have a huge blow-up game versus them last. Well, no, actually, he did. Never mind. Um, but... As I'm going through this, I think Kelsey's the play. I think the the Ravens have been bottom of the league. The rest, their corners are good, their run defense is good, but the way that you beat the Ravens is Kelsey. And I think that Mahomes is going to be in for another week of just heavily targeting him. Very good, uh, Kyle Rudolph, who seems to have been coming on as of late, or David Jekyll and Hyde and Joku. I hope for a healthier version of Diggs. So I think the pass game goes back to mostly Thielen and Diggs and now with Dalvin Cook healthy. So I'm leaning in Joku. The matchup is there. I think that if the Browns want to have any kind of chance to take this home, they need to exploit the matchups. And that's running the ball with Chubb and featuring Landry and Joku in the pass game. Very good. All right, we've got uh, Patrick Mahomes in the bad matchup or Jameis Winston playing catch-up with all the passing yards. Uh, this is like the yin or the yang. Which way are you going? Winston does not have a good history versus the Saints. I mean, he is repeatedly just blown up, had terrible games. I'm I'm going to go with Mahomes on this one. Mahomes has reached the status of previous year Aaron Rodgers. You do not sit this guy. If it's a decision between him and another person, 
You don't even care about the other person. You drop the other person. You don't play the other person. Hell, even on Mahomes' bye week, I could probably get craft you a great narrative about why you still play him just because, damn it, it makes your team look sexier. So, Mahomes. <laughs> you also talked earlier about liking Andrew Luck. Do you like him more than Mitchell Trubisky? Yes. Luck all the way. I think that the floor and ceiling are there. I think the matchup presents that Trubisky's going to have to run. And with this defense getting healthier, I think, and Trubisky, the, I mean, the health is getting better, but it's still a little bit in question. I think that Luck is in a smash spot this week. I'm all, I'm going to lean towards Luck. There it is. All right, Derek, take a favorite or popular movie, change one letter in the title. What's the new plot? What's it all about? So I'm in the Christmas spirit right now. So I'm going to go with Lie Hard. And this is the, <laughs> the dramatic story of a rookie cop named uh, Baker Dangerfield. And he has got to save his team in a hostage situation from the horrible, horrible Hugh Gruber. So I I think we've already seen it play out. But that's the movie that I'm popping in for the Christmas season. I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Lie hard. It's what it's all about. Now, true story. Now, I don't want to just, you know, curry the favor here. But uh, it, Bruce Willis did say Die Hard himself is not a Christmas movie. Just just throwing it out there. Just then he needs out. to go back and watch his own movie. That's all <laughs> i got to tell him. It's a Christmas movie all the way through. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm all about Lie Hard. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Now, now we need just what like we need one different actor to play Carl Winslow's uh, cop part in the beginning of the movie. Who who you got? Oh, it's uh, the old oh, family man. Their offensive line coach, the uh, or defensive coach. Who's the guy that every time he says "hut," his his whole, whole body shakes? <laughs> I, I forget his. I, I'm I thought that's it, Andy Reid. Wait, isn't that Andy <laughs> Reid? Oh, Andy Reid's more of the Kool-Aid man to me. Yeah, yeah. He, he is. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we can have Andy Reid do it, though, because I don't know who the offensive lineman is, but I think Andy Reid can do it, you know, in his, in his cutoff. I don't know if they're cut off, but he wears, like, sweatpants shorts, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, or, well, it's called, uh, you can't call him shorts, uh, Swartz. He wears Swartz all the time? Yeah. <laughs> and he's not actually a police officer. He's definitely a mall cop. He's 100% a mall cop. He is the Paul <laughs> Blart of Lyhard, without a doubt. Oh. That's awesome. <laughs> Kevin James, where you at? Get on this movie. All right, Derek. The moment in history you would choose to go back in time and witness in person. Uh, Probably the moment. Mm, that's a tough one, man. I would probably say the uh, the conception of fantasy football when the first person was like, "All right, we're gonna take a game and make a game about a game, and we're gonna make points, and we're gonna be super nerds and awesome about it." So, I know I'm kind of playing into all of this, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of curious. That's great. Yeah, and it, I mean, we even have game within the game. Within the game now, right? Because you even have websites out there like uh, Stake Kings, right? Where you can stake other people's action, and that's action based on other action, right? It's just, it's just remarkable where this industry is. And I hate to say it, I'm almost like a little embarrassed for society and that this is what we're doing with our time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but everybody's got to have hobbies, so 
damn it all, I'm down with it. <laughs> I'm with you. I wouldn't trade it for anything else in the world. All right, bring us out, Derek. Sizzling, smoking, scorching hot take for week 14 of the fantasy playoffs. The Bengals are so atrocious at stopping running backs that you have Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler are both going to finish as top 20 running backs on the week. Ooh. Oh, man. And you know what? Like, I was remiss not to even include Justin Jackson in that range with Samuel and Wilson Eckler. Oh, gosh. I want to use them, right? But now it's like I don't know how that workload is going to shake out, so I don't want to use either one of them. So, but, yeah, which makes them both very, very good tournament plays here. And Justin Jackson, he looked pretty darn good last week. He definitely looked good in that fourth quarter, so... Oh man, I can get on board with that. I how much? What do you think uh, in terms of workload split for those two this week? I would put Jackson somewhere. I think that this kind of goes back to uh, a lighter version of what you saw Gordon and Eckler previously. A little bit more split down the middle, but I definitely think that Jackson will probably end up somewhere around 15, 16 touches, and Austin Eckler could uh, somewhere between twelve and fifteen. But the, the Bengals' run defense is so terrible, and that Austin Eckler is the one that's going to be featured in the passing game, especially in PPR. That's where I see this going. I, I could easily see them both as top 15, 20 uh, running backs this week. Yeah, I can absolutely get on board with that. because It's almost like first half Eckler, second half Jax, right? And they both mm-hmm. get there. And they both get there. I love it. I love it. Good call on that. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast, and we are dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. If you out there have any questions and you want to submit them, just email us, wordofhisradio at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get that set up for you. Derek, my man, many thanks for carving out the time and coming on the show. Look, worlds collide, and a lot of things have to move to get two dads on the mic at one time. When people have multiple kids, it's just people on out there. They sometimes they just don't get it right. So really appreciate you carving out the time. Give us a, give us the deets. Give us the plugs. What do you have coming on for the rest of the season here? So I, I write uh, a weekly article for Start Sit with the Quant Edge. Uh, my off season dynasty content. You can find that at GridironExperts.com. Uh, I'm always plugging away on my podcast at twenty four seven. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And I'm actually doing another spot uh, the other night uh, for uh, for Sirius Radio, getting on there uh, late, late Friday night. So if you're on, tune in. Nice, nice. I am a member. I will be on and in, whatever you say. So get on over there, hit him up, just tearing it across the scene on Twitter. That's at dbro underscore ffb. And please do not forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in.
Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.